Hi, how's that for an intro? What's up and welcome to What the Actual F. My name is Harmony, and as always, I'll be your host here. As they say, the past is the past, so we're not going to talk about that intro because I'm not going to change it. So it is now in our past. And this is why I don't have a co-host, but um, bum 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 because no one could tolerate me. I laugh, but inside I'm sad. No, <laughs> welcome to what the actual left, guys. Sorry about that. I am in a rare form today. This week is my son's birthday. He will be seven on July 2nd, and it has been just kind of a big cluster of preparing gifts, all of my money leaving my bank account as I cry slowly, but it's all going to be worth it for that little boy in just a matter of days. With all of that going on, however, I was a little worried that I wouldn't even be able to bring a podcast episode together for you guys, but here I am. I got it, and uh, I hope it's up to your liking, so without any further ado, let's go ahead and dig in. And I hope you're ready, because today, well, we're feasting. That's right. Today, we're going to go back to that iceberg conspiracy theory list. You guys remember from a few weeks ago, I know I've been diving into true crime lately, but I wanted to pull it back to conspiracies. I went through the list and found a few that I think we'll really enjoy going into together. And by we, I mean I'm going to dive in and you're going to listen. At least, I hope you're going to listen. Because otherwise, I don't even know what I'm making this podcast for anymore. Hello? Is anyone out there? Can you hear me? Speaking of anyone out there, on this episode, we're going to talk about aliens as well, because lately, all over social media, aliens is quite a topic. Okay, enough with the intro. Let's go ahead and dive in to this week's episode of What the Actual F. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the final countdown. The show starts... Before I dive in completely to this episode, I need to address something. This iceberg conspiracy theory list is supposed to come with a warning. And I told you guys all about that a few episodes back. That supposedly the more you dive into this conspiracy list, the more danger you put yourself into. Now, here's the thing. The danger you put yourself into is one of two things. One, you get put on the government's radar. You know, the men in black. Now, Will Smith has not come knocking on my door. No government officials are following me. I haven't had any run-ins with any government of any kind since I've been, like, you know, searching into this. Nobody's messed with me. However, I have had some very creepy shit happen. And why I'm talking about this is because a few of you have written in and asked me, and a few of you are also commenting on my TikToks and asking, and I've been like getting DMs, so I wanted to answer this. A few episodes ago, well, several episodes actually, I dove into paranormal conspiracies. And a few of these had to do with demons. Now, if you know me, you know that I'm not very religious. I grew up very, very Catholic. Now, also, little side note, because a few of you might write me and go, if you're not religious, why do you have religious tattoos on you? Just because I don't follow religion doesn't mean I will not respect anybody's, including the one that I was raised with. 
but that doesn't mean I have to believe that that is the truth. Just because your truth isn't mine doesn't mean I don't have to respect it. And most of my religious tattoos are for my Nona, as she raised me for most of my life when my father was gone overseas for the service. My mom, <laughs> we don't talk about that lady. Anyways, so I have religious tattoos and I do somewhat know quite a bit about Catholicism and Christianity. So demons, I know quite a bit about. In fact, I have tattoos on me that are demonic sigils. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I have my reasons. And hey, what's on my body does not affect you. So shh, keep your mouth shut. I don't care what you have to say about it. Plus, it's not like I can erase it. <laughs> Whoopsies. Now, in these theories, the whole thing about it was if you say the demon's name, well, guess what? You just invited that bitch in. And, uh, well... Ding dong. So, needless to say, my house is getting pretty creepy. And why I'm telling you guys this is because so many of you have asked, so I wanted to address it. If you do follow my TikTok, you may have seen the video where my lights in my bedroom kind of flickered. I say kinda, but no, they definitely did. Now, I'm gonna chalk that up to just electricity doing things that electricity does. So, maybe that was just like a little fluke. Now, we'll put that one aside. However, I can't really explain away the fact that I will hear somebody else walking around in my house. Now, yes, my son is here, but it's not him because he hears it too. And so do other people that have been in my house as well. The scariest moment I believe that I've had to date is I heard something scratching on my closet door as I was laying in bed right next to my closet. I can tell you that now in the daytime, you know, it's not as scary. <laughs> because I have a dog. Now, he wouldn't be in the closet, but, you know, I, I'm still gonna say it was him, okay? Who knows? Maybe he was scratching something and it just happened to sound like that because it was in the dark and I was scared, okay? But one thing that I cannot explain is the fact that probably about four or five days ago, I walked out of my bedroom. It was nighttime and I swear to you, I saw a full silhouette of somebody standing on my stairs. Now, initially, my eyes, like, they got real big like a deer. I didn't, I couldn't scream. I was just like, what the fuck? And then it was gone. Like, just gone. I, I don't even, I didn't see it disappear. All of a sudden, it, it was like, it was like I blinked without closing my eyes and it wasn't there. Now, I immediately rushed to my son's room who was asleep and, uh, well, he was still in bed. So, it definitely wasn't him. So yeah, besides the fact that I'm pretty sure something is in my house or multiple things because of digging into those demon conspiracies, uh, you know, it's good. Not, not a lot of anything else going on. You know, no government officials over here, but definitely probably got some demons. Let's go ahead and start this episode because I quite frankly don't want to focus on the fact that, well, I'm probably haunted. Especially because eventually it's going to be nighttime and I've got to lay alone in my room, terrified of the fact that I'm probably not alone. But it's okay, I've got my guard corgi. He's so fussy, I'm gonna die! 
I'm really excited to share with you the conspiracies that I chose to today. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and talk about them. Now, usually I feel very, very weird calling these conspiracies because when I'm digging into them, I'm finding tangible proof. And this one is no different. Let me introduce to you a tier three conspiracy. This is the beacon of hate. There is something in the radio world called DXing. Essentially, this hobby entails listening to various radio and television signals, usually via shortwave, and attempting to locate and identify the broadcaster. I don't know, to me that just sounds like stalking. But I guess it's like an actual thing that happens in the radio world. Inevitably, anyone participating in this hobby is sure to uncover some really strange and really interesting signals. However, a hobbyist in Fort Worth got a little more than he bargained for, and he still cannot figure out what exactly he found. Steve Yates is a ham radio operator, call sign AA5TB, and he operates a website that documents his bizarre discoveries as he navigates the ham and shortwave bands. One in particular, however, is especially fucking weird. In Steve's blog, he writes, it's been fun trying to figure out the purpose of the transmission and the meaning of its message. The channel that Steve is talking about broadcast in Morse code, and its sole purpose appears to be beaming racist messages worldwide. Oh, and there's like something about camels, uh, porn, and camels, and camels. Did I mention camels? Comes, and what better way to make your grand entrance on the streets of Agrabah than riding your very own brand new camel? Watch out, they spit. This channel is shared with commercial and military users throughout the world. Steve says that he cannot think of any legitimate purpose for this channel, especially when you think about what the messages contain. Steve goes on to say that if the messages were directed to someone real, I really would have expected some sort of encryption to have been used. It is for this reason that I believe the messages were simply to play with our minds. I am curious as to why anyone would devote transmitting equipment for so long to such a small audience. Well, Steve, you obviously haven't met anyone on the internet. As long as one person listens, well, that's enough audience for most. And this person is apparently getting exactly what they wanted and because one, two, or 15 people heard it, it has now become a huge topic. So obviously, Steve isn't the only broadcaster that has heard the signal. This channel has become known as the Beacon of Hate. Other enthusiasts on the Texas blog also have chimed in and stated what they have heard as well. A user in Vancouver, Washington also stated that he has heard it as well. So who is the mad radio operator and where is he or she? No one has actually figured out who this operator is and who is sending this out, who is creating this. There is a user that has translated the Morse code messages and says what he states he believes they are. Chuck Rowlett has made a YouTube video sharing every single one of them. I'm going to share some of them with you. Actual messages that were received and deciphered. First received June 2nd, 2000. The U.S. government ripped off the camels. They can't put in God. We trust mm, the money. This could be read as the United States government ripped off the camels. 
Therefore, they can't put In God We Trust on the money anymore. Steve says that he's not exactly sure who the camels are. Cigarettes have been suggested, but that doesn't seem to make much sense. But all U.S. money does say somewhere on it, In God We Trust. Next was first received on June 19, 2000. BT Print, The Tracks Camels and Don't Pay Taxes, the U.S. Government Sass the Mark MF the Beast. Now, there are misspellings, by the way, in the actual message. And this message could be maybe for someone, who knows, camels, I don't know, no one knows. The same beacon was sent out again on June 20th, 2000 as well. And also on June 21st, as soon as Steve started recording. However, that was very, very weak. The same recording was also heard in Vancouver, Washington on June 21st, 2000 as well. The next was heard on July 5th, 2000. The mark of the beast in God we trust, Jesus Christ be cursed. In this one, there are no misspells, no errors, nothing. It is becoming at this point obvious that these are ominous messages and may have more than one meaning. Kind of think like, you know, Wheel of Fortune where they run sentences together and they make a puzzle. So maybe what you're hearing is just part of something much bigger. The next was first received on July 23rd, 2000. This is where it gets fun, guys. Kill all the porn and religions off for real camels or kill. You heard that correctly and I'm gonna repeat it just in case you thought there was some bullshit in your ear. Kill all the porn and religions off for real camels or kill. Okay, so Steve says that that was actually pretty hard to decipher, but he's not positive what the final words are, but that's what he got out of that message. I'm only going to share a few more with you because there are several. This one came in on July 26, 2000. Take all the wives from the porn and religions. Camels, you took mine for 15 years. <laughs> It really sounds like the person who created these messages does not fucking like camels. No, don't like that. Yeah, and then they get pretty, uh, pretty intense. There's still a lot of talk of camels and there's a lot of talk of killing and it gets pretty rough. If you're interested, you can go check them all out at aa5tb.com. Also, just fun fact, it's not a secure site, so maybe don't. Wish I would have known that before I got here. But that's why I do this and you don't have to. Putting myself in danger for you. And there you have it. That is the beacon of hate. Which I don't think is a conspiracy. I mean, it's a very real thing. But the thing is, nobody knows who is creating this and why it is even being shared. And to that I say, well, I don't know why some people are assholes. <laughs> they just are. Therefore, we're going to chalk this one up to just being an asshole station. Okay, we're gonna dive into a tier five conspiracy theory. This one's a little different, however, because it's all centered around a conspiracy theorist. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Max Spears. This has been the most, uh, this has been the biggest audience really I've spoken to about such personal things. Um, but I feel it needs to be addressed now because um, it's coming to a climax. This, this 2016 year, uh, everything is sort of uh, climaxing now and it needs to be addressed um, uh, imminently. It needs to be addressed immediately. 
The mysterious death on July 16th of 2016 of conspiracy theorist Max Spears or Maxwell Bates Spears caused controversy among several conspiracy theorists, which led to reports from BBC News and several other news outlets. Max died while visiting a friend in Warsaw, Poland. He passed away on their sofa. This was a thousand miles away from his home in Canterbury. Now, his death has been looked into, heavily debated and talked about, but it's still not even sure what the fuck happened. Like, what, how, what the fuck? Like, let me just, hold on a second. Okay, in a multi-part documentary series on his death made by the BBC, his mother states that she was concerned about his mental health prior to his death. You know, he did suffer with anxiety, he had some mental illness, and she was pretty worried about it. She also believed that he got into maybe the wrong crowd. Maybe he made friends with not such good people, you know, the bad guys of the world. She also goes on to say that in a final video with Max before his death, it seemed as though maybe he had signs of being, like, intoxicated. But not just by any old substance. You see, she says that she saw him in a similar state in the past, and this was when he was using heroin. So, his mom says it's possible that maybe he, he got involved with the wrong crowd, his, his mental health wasn't at the best, and uh, he got involved with drugs, and this could have possibly led to his death. Another conspiracy theorist, however, who was very close with Max, suggested that yes, it was a controlled substance. I agree with you there. However, it was controlled by extraterrestrial life. Yeah. Yeah. Also, let me tell you about a message that was sent from Max's phone. It stated, quote, Your boy's in trouble. If anything happens to me, investigate. This was sent to his mother just before he died. Oh yeah, one more little creepy aspect about his death. Max vomited black fluid just prior to dying. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk some more about this. How a conspiracy theorist became a conspiracy theory all himself. You don't just lie on a sofa and die. Something happens. Max had always been interested in conspiracy theories from a very young age. He later recalled various events, including out-of-body experiences, which he used to justify conspiracy theories, including the belief that he had been given supernatural powers at birth. Mm-hmm. You heard that correctly. Max believed that he had supernatural powers. At a conference given in Warsaw, Poland, he described the way that he believed he was created or born. I was targeted as, as an individual from birth. With me, the trauma began whilst in the womb. There are a number of different ways to traumatize, to uh, split the mind of the child so that it creates alters, like a, maybe like a honeycomb. The reason behind fracturing the mind is so that when the mind is fractured through trauma, the mind fractures itself and creates an amnesiac barrier around that so, uh, so that you don't have to keep reliving the experience over and over again. Max also suffered from severe anxiety, which sometimes left him completely debilitated. As someone who suffers with anxiety, I completely understand that. And I also wanted to put a side note. What he is explaining about a mind fracturing and creating alters is also known as disassociative identity disorder. I know that because I myself am diagnosed with that. 
As I stated, Max was a conspiracy theorist, which means he believed in a lot of paranormal events. So Max believed that as a child, he was altered to become a super soldier. Yeah, so there's that in case you're wondering. Now, as I said, he was a conspiracy theorist and that was kind of like, you know, his, uh, his big thing. However, his credibility as a conspiracy theorist has been doubted by other conspiracy theorists including one by the name of Adam Borowski from Radio Paranormalian. This is a Polish independent journalist who stated Max seems to collect and research off other people and present it as his own. I'm just going to go ahead and say one thing real fast. So basically, he would go and he would just find somebody's work and share it with somebody else. Instead of actually going and digging in and writing down or pulling aside things that, you know, answer and you can cite these people. Like if you're going to just go ahead and share someone's whole thing about what they have discovered, you should give them like, you know, a site for their, like, you, you should credit them. It's that simple. But if you're doing the research and you're digging and you're reading articles and you're finding out all the information and you're putting it all together from what you find, then that's yours. But I feel like what Max was doing was basically stating that he was uncovering these conspiracies and not sharing that they're ones that like he stumbled on or anything. Like me, I tell you guys these because I'm stumbling on them or I'm digging into them, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I've come up with any of these because I haven't. And apparently Max was doing that. Another claim that Adam Borowski had stated was that, well, Max never simply proved that he was a super soldier. He may have bragged about these abilities, but he never showed anyone. The build-up uh, over the last six months um, coming to Poland has been tumultuous, to say the least. Um, I have been under psychic attack, under astral attack, and under physical attack um, to stop me from coming to Warsaw to be able to convey this information to you. Let me tell you a little bit about his death. On July 16th, 2016, Max died on the sofa at a friend's house in Warsaw, Poland. According to the Polish prosecutor handling the case, Max's friend called an ambulance. A doctor attended to Max at the scene but was unable to revive him. He did not take steps to inform police about the incident, and information regarding Max's death did not reach the prosecutor's office until August 30th, 2016. This was after Max's body had been handed over to British authorities. Due to this, the Polish authorities could not conduct an autopsy. So the, it's called Oak Tree because, I mean, they were looking for a number of different beings, but they were primarily looking for Lucifer. Let's talk about the investigation and the aftermath. On August 30th, 2016, an investigation was launched into the circumstances surrounding Max's death. This investigation by Polish authorities is looking into the involuntary manslaughter of Max. In December of 2016, British authorities announced that they would launch an inquest into his death, which is distinct from an investigation with an aim to convict. Conviction is undertaken by Polish prosecutor's office who may choose whether to accept the inquest findings or not. A coroner did tell the inquest that he was waiting to receive a report from Polish authorities. As a result, the proceedings were adjourned until February 2017. I couldn't really find out what else has happened since then, um, according to Google at least. 
But I can tell you that on January 7th, 2019, the cause of Max's death was released to be known as drugs and pneumonia. Now, let me just say one thing that I always find a little fucking weird. Anytime somebody dies and it starts to be questioned as odd, the always go-to cause of death is drugs and pneumonia combined, like Brittany Murphy and her husband. I'm pretty sure Michael Jackson was one as well. I could be wrong. Let me Google that. So no, he was not a case that had pneumonia involved, but there was a drug overdose. Sorry about that. Max, however, was. So was Brittany Murphy. So was her husband. I believe um, another person by the name of James Best, Sir Donald Bradman, Christian Brando, Charles Bronson, a few people. It's There's 104 that I can just find right now that area. Their go-to is drugs and pneumonia overdose. And these are just celebrities. Again, I'm not saying that that is not what happened. What I'm saying is I find it odd that in several cases, when they're just a little bit baffled on what exactly happened, boom, it's drugs and pneumonia. So I have no idea what to think of this conspiracy. The whole thing is that somebody or maybe uh, people, the government, somebody wanted Max dead. And, well, they got what they wanted. But why? Is it all because he was out here telling people about conspiracies that other people had already told others about? I don't know. To me, it does seem like maybe he had a lot going on, he did get involved with drugs, and maybe he just started to believe what his head was telling him. And he throw drugs in there, and it gets worse, and maybe he did overdose. I don't know. Or, or just maybe, the government is really out here killing people. But which one? Which government? Oh, wait. No, I know. It's the Illuminati. I'm just kidding. Seriously, I uh, I don't know what to think of this conspiracy per se. I find it odd, yes, that he was somebody who talked heavily about conspiracies and then ended up dead. All while visiting a friend and this happened on the friend's couch. Yeah, he threw up some black stuff, but again, if he was messing with heroin, that makes sense. So I'd love to know what you guys think about this. Do you think Max Spears was killed by some shadowy figure or was it just an OD? And because you are the, a stronger individual, the, the one out of the others, and were you, uh, were you able to um, slide away from that and uh, connect to your heart and activate your heart and is it uh, the reason why you are still alive yes i work on i work on that i work on that every day every single day of the week we interrupt our program to bring you this important message it's time for the sponsors first up let me tell you all about doom and groom doom and groom is a craft hair skin beard and tattoo care company based in denver colorado however if you head over to doomandgroom.net you will be able to check out all of their oils bombs and butters that are great for use from head to toe all of their products are designed to keep your hair and skin healthy and hydrated all of doom and groom products are unisex dye free chemical free plastic free and organic if you're curious about what they have to offer, head on over to doomandgroom.net. And if you find something you want, use my code HarmonyDoom and take 10% off your order. Now I want to tell you all about O's Vapor. Are you looking for your moment of zen? Welcome to a tobacco-free universe. This is a place where adults can enjoy a smooth and relaxing tobacco-free vape experience. 
At O's, they curate their flavors for adults that need and appreciate a little zen moment. Their nicotine is of the highest pharmaceutical grade quality, and so are the rest of their ingredients. Head over to letsos.com, that is L-E-T-S-O-Z-E.com. Once there, you will be met with 12 delicious vape flavors. Each disposable vape is equivalent to four packs of cigarettes. So if you're trying to quit smoking or you already vape, head on over to letsos.com. And if you decide you want to try something, use the code HARMONY for 30% off your order. Again, that's letsos.com and my promo code is HARMONY. And lastly, I want to tell you all about Nexus Mars. Nexus Mars is a company that specializes in THC edibles. That's right, you heard me. If you head on over to nexusmars3.com, that's the number three, you will be able to see every single product that they offer. And they also offer free shipping for any order over $50. While there, you should add Heaven. She is responsible for everything that you see. She's also one of my favorite people. If you decide you want to buy something, use my promo code HN10MN and that will take 10% off your order. I just received my second box and I couldn't be happier. Again, that's nexusmars3.com. Enjoy. Tell me what's going on. Have these two told you the rules? No screaming, no shouting, no going near the window. Just sit there and wait. Wait for what? For your turn. You ever just been sitting really late at night, stuck in a YouTube little rabbit hole, all of a sudden you realize you're watching a man build a pool in the desert and it's 2.30 in the morning. We've all been there. Or maybe it's just me. Nonetheless, we do find some of the weirdest things out in the internet. And that brings me to the Red Rooms. Picture this, you can't sleep at night, so you grab your phone or your computer and you start digging into forums on the internet, trying to see what all is out there. You know, we all do weird shit when it's late at night. You're sitting there, you know, minding your own business, just digging into the interwebs when all of a sudden a pop-up appears on your screen. This pop-up is a black window with red letters that say, do you like the red room? What is that? the fuck is that? You're just sitting there like, what the fuck is a red room? However, when you go to click and exit out of this pop-up, another window appears. On there, you will see a list of several other visitors who have entered this red room, all before you. Once the list ends, an ominous message appears. This message says, everyone who has accessed the red room is now dead. Will you be next? I'm good. Bro, you, you okay? I'm good, bro. You geeking, bro. I'm good. Bro, bro. I'm good, bro. Are you crying, bro? No, bro. I'm good, bro. Okay, I don't know about you, but that would make me throw my phone, slam my laptop shut. I would hide with every light on in the house, be a little bit uncomfortable. Am I being dramatic? Yes. But does that mean that I wouldn't be freaked out? Absolutely fucking not. For many people, this is how they found out what the Red Rooms were. At least, that's the claim. Welcome to our final theory of the episode. This is the Dark Web's Red Rooms. 
Wakey, wakey. Where am I? What is this? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to tonight's show, where you, the players, decide the entertainment for your twisted viewing pleasure. Every single day, people will go to sites like Reddit or 4chan and ask how they themselves can access what is known as a Red Room. But for every person that asks how they can get into one, there are several stories from people telling all about their experiences and giving advice for those who wish to be a future spectator. It is believed that the Red Room term became popular after the Japanese animation where a pop-up ad kept showing on people's screen with the question, do you like the Red Room? If you would try to close this, a full-size window would open with people's names. The claim is that these are the names of people who have accessed this room before you. All of these people are now dead. But here's the cherry on top. Not only are they dead, but soon the same fate will fall upon you. But not just you, anyone who accesses the Red Room. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Say what? Hold up, 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 hold up. So are these red rooms nothing but an internet myth or urban legend? Or are they truly some of the worst content ever to be created on the internet? Red room sites, as the story goes, are dark websites where users pay thousands or even tens of thousands to watch rapes and murders live. You can see now why I was avoiding sharing exactly what a red room was. There are mass amounts of urban legends all about the existence of real Red Rooms. They have circulated for years. However, as of right now, there is no evidence that they truly exist. Now, if pay-per-view torture sites do exist, it's almost certain that they wouldn't work via Tor. Tor is the software that is used to access dark websites. However, it's too slow to stream live video. Now, I'm not going to say there aren't cases where people have been caught watching or downloading videos of horrible murders, torture, and that even of children. One case which suggests that there might be sites where people pay to view videos of torture is the case of Peter Scully. Peter is a piece of shit, I'm sorry, he is a pedophile currently facing trial in the Philippines. Users of a pedophile site reportedly paid up to $10,000 to watch videos of Peter's abuse and torture of a young child. This was just one of a series of videos that were produced by Scully's company, No Limits Fun. Ah, I hate this planet! The video, known as Daisy's Destruction, widely discussed on forums and Reddit, is not actually a snuff film. For those of you who do not know what snuff film is, it is basically the rape, torture, and murder of somebody that's been filmed and has a lot of sexual aspects. It's, it's pretty nasty and it's highly illegal. However, this is not the case. This is not an actual snuff film, but it does feature and have horrible acts of abuse and sexual assault to this young child. This video was streamed on so-called hurtcore pedophile sites. These are the kind of sites where pedophiles watch torture and abuse of children and even babies. Oh my god, I feel so disgusting saying that. 
I fucking hate it here. I hate people. I hate people. <laughs> I hate people. People hate me. I prefer my own best company. Single and secluded on my own. I can have the best of times all alone because I hate Now I'm not going to go into details on what happens in this video, and no, I have not seen it. I will never look to find that video. But I have read some of the rundown on what people stated was in this video. And after my stomach stopped turning and I felt like I was going to pass out, I decided I can tell you guys a little bit. This video shows a baby girl who is tied upside down by her feet. She is being sexually assaulted and beaten by Peter and a masked woman. In the series, yes, multiple videos, this little girl is whipped and assaulted with sex toys by Peter and his girlfriend, aka the masked woman. In case you're wondering, by the way, he met his girlfriend when she herself was a child prostitute. According to the Sydney Morning Herald, the footage was so horrific, police called it the worst we have encountered in our years campaigning against child pornography. Daisy's destruction has been said to be a Red Room film. It has also been said to be a snuff film as well. However, reports that the video featured Daisy being killed are inaccurate. While human remains were discovered at one of Peter Scully's homes, the girl from the film was rescued alive. That poor sweet soul. My heart is just like hurting. Oh man. The videos were streamed via pedophile websites which hosted torture videos called Hurt to the Core. These videos boasted about 15,000 video downloads daily. So are Red Rooms real? It's apparent that you can, if you are a sick fuck, find a very disturbing shit out on the internet. Especially like the stuff that Peter decided to create in his home. But that is not the same thing as a red room. Red rooms can be essentially classified as video portals. But also, they are hidden pages in which the viewer can watch live streaming, torturing of a person and participate in such torture by contributing ideas or adding requests. Depending on the money you pay, you can participate to a greater or lesser extent. Payment is made by using cryptocurrencies. You know, like Bitcoin. This guarantees anonymity and avoids any problems. Seems like a common service, you know, like pretty normal and safe, right? Well, safe for the person who's not in the red room. Well, that's not exactly the case. It's not that easy and it's not that safe. Trying to access these sites requires a lot of effort. If it's a hidden service, then those addresses should be more than restricted. However, it's not as difficult as it sounds to get into some of these sites even though you do need to know how to access the deep web. And yeah, there's a lot of tutorials out there, so you can do that on your own. Or if you really want to access a Red Room, all you have to do is a quick Google search. Yeah, except it goes like this. Redroom.onion link. That's it. Yeah, those mysterious and illegal dark red rooms are available on Google. After you do that, you will see several pages claiming to offer what is mentioned. Torture and even death. By the way, this is not possible to demonstrate totally because people who have quote-unquote accessed that claim that it is just a performance. But every room is basically the same. You pay in bitcoins to watch a person suffer. I know this sounds really weird and you're probably wondering, what the fuck? 
But that's the thing. You're left wondering what the fuck when it comes to red rooms. You see, it's claimed that these are very real. However, anyone who's visited, spoiler alert, they're still alive, if their stories are true, says that these are just performances. It's all acting. Yeah, it's super morbid and fucked up, but it's not real. And then you have those who say, no, they're, they're definitely real. I seen it. And you know what? It sounds super fucked up and creepy no matter what. But let's talk about some of the constraints and explain this a little bit more. And maybe you can decide, are they real or is it all just an urban legend? Now, I am not going to lie. This might hurt. First of all, these are offered to watch live in a high quality video through Tor. Those of you who know or have used anything that has to do with Tor and its technical and safety limitations will know this is impossible. This is due to the restrictions in terms of running JavaScript, Flash, and more. This basically leaves it absolutely impossible to stream to the dark web. But let's suppose that we skip all of that technical mumbo jumbo and the security limitations and magically we're allowed to use Flash and JavaScript to watch from a Red Room page. Anyone who has navigated using Tor will know what the browsing speed is. Super mega slow. 2,000 years later. To be more precise, as reported by Tor Metrics on their website, to resolve a request of one megabyte, it takes between eight and 10 seconds, which means in best case scenario, a maximum speed of 150 kilobytes per second. That's about 0.15 megabytes a second. So it's almost impossible to play videos and uh, we're not even gonna try to discuss how impossible it would be to live stream. You think you get frustrated now when your YouTube video buffers for a second? You would throw your phone after two and a half minutes of nothing even loading. Now let's talk about money. That's right, the payments. Payments are made often in cryptocurrencies and often with Bitcoin. The money part is the most interesting because I can't imagine how owners of such websites are going to promote their marketing if you can find the links on Google or YouTube because the idea that Red Rooms move in a clandestine private way is not contemplated. However, you will not find evidence or videos that are properly from Red Room sessions to confirm their existence. So if you can go into a Red Room and use your cryptocurrency, then why can't you find out any information about these red rooms? Like, real red rooms. You know, if you're on the dark web, you could find them. But yet you can't. And with cryptocurrencies tied to them, if I just feel like somebody would be like, yo, there's a torture site. Because like, let's face it, almost everything on the internet is, can be tracked. I don't give a shit how deep you are. You can be tracked. Additionally, if you execute a simple transaction analysis on any Red Room link, you notice there are very few people paying for the service. Many times it's like one, two people tops, which means this is not really a good business model in terms of like efforts required. You gotta come into this torture room, all right? It's super rare, it's super elite. Except you can use cryptocurrency that's uh, it's advertised everywhere. And uh, also, <laughs> Nobody actually pays for the service, but you will if you don't want to die. P.S. This is just a performance. This is not real or, or some shit like that. So 
are red rooms real? Indeed, red rooms are absolutely 100% very real. There are many, many websites in the normal internet showing snuff videos even without having to provide a credit card. I'm sorry, without having to provide your own cryptocurrency. Deep Web has videos just like this as well. However, they are stored on onion sites. Oh, layers. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers. You get it. We both have layers. <sighs> oh, you both have layers. Oh. You know, not everybody likes onions. Cake. Everybody loves cakes. Cakes have layers. I don't care. What's everyone like? So as you can see, there's a lot of issues with how a Red Room could really exist, just with technical limitations alone. But does it mean that they do not exist altogether in reality? It's impossible to truly confirm because there are similar scenarios where this kind of content can be placed. And as you know, there are videos out there, as I shared earlier, where you can see the most horrible and heinous things happening to people. And yes, sometimes live streamed. But these are on just the normal web. Nothing hidden about it. I mean, I'm sure they're hidden. It's not like you can just Google search it or anything. But who would fucking want to? Besides the pieces of shit of society that should all just die in a car fire. Sorry, if you're a pedophile, I'm not sorry. You should die in a car fire. Anyways, the deep web does have many horrifying and undeniably unthinkable acts that you can simply access yourself. Or, you know, obviously with the help of Tor. So, I mean, yeah, you can see some fucked up shit out there. But as for red rooms, I don't know. So what do you think? Do you think red rooms are very real? Or do you think that it's all just internet myth? Obviously a myth that's based in some fucked up reality. However, you just can't access a real red room. Or, haha, maybe, just maybe, they do exist, but no one's ever lived to tell about them. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Oh, no, no, no. I am not doing this to you. The game is doing this to you. Welcome to the game. This brings us to the end of this week's episode. I hope you guys are enjoying these conspiracy theories and the true crime topics that I bring to you every week. I'm going to keep you guys up to date on what's happening in my house as well as it progresses. And I'll let you know if I happen to stumble across a red room one day. Who knows, according to the algorithms of the internet, because I searched and looked into them, I'm probably going to end up in one. Hey, bro. I'm good. Bro, you, you okay? I'm good, bro. You geeking, bro. I'm good. Bro, bro. Bro, get off me. I'm good, bro. Bro, are you crying, bro? Uh, no, bro. I'm good, bro. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm laughing. Part of me is a little bit scared. <clears throat> Anyways, okay, guys. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and I look forward to talking to you on the next episode of What the Actual F. Stay safe. Love you. Bye, guys. Holy faces.